Do you have an unexpected story to tell or know someone who does? We'd love to have you on the pod. Please apply at please don't tell anyone pod at gmail.com or follow our application link in bio of our Instagram, please don't tell anyone pod or TikTok account. The whole reason they kind of took the swimsuit competition away, I'm sure people will disagree with me on this, was as if she was like, men have made comments about our bodies that are negative, so we should put more clothes on. Hey, and thanks for coming back to Please Don't Tell Anyone. I'm Molly Clark, your host, and this is the podcast where you hear unexpected stories by ordinary people. I go and blind all my interviews so that I can hear the story firsthand, just like you. One year out of four that I competed for the title of Miss, and I'm going to leave the state blank, one fellow competitor made national headlines when she renounced her title following a joke that was made on stage by an announcer that referenced the Me Too movement. Come to find, this competitor has a history of compulsive lying about anything from he said, she said to faking serious illness, faking fraudulent accusations, and wild claims against others, and cheating in competitive sports. The story is wild and has not been publicly told in detail due to fear of retaliation until now. So, (laughs) you're okay with your first name being said, which is Meg. Yeah. And how old are you, Meg? I'm 25. And are you okay saying what state you're in right now? I'm in Rhode Island now. Okay, cool. And I, this is not the, Rhode Island is not the state that I competed in. So why don't you give us the disclaimer that you wanted to give off the top? I am not going to say this person's name, and I will not disclose the name of the state that we competed in. Mm-hmm. However, this person made national news, and if people really, you know, if people are listening and they really care to find out, it's not going to take much digging to put the pieces together and Google the headline and figure out who this person is. The reason that I'm not going to say their name is just because I don't want to put them on blast because I really think that at the end of the day, this person just had a lot of issues they maybe were dealing with at the time um, that they had to work through and like learn through. So I am just telling the story because it was freaking so insane, um, everything that went down. But a lot of it is also kind of speculative. It's very unique. You haven't had a story on this show like this okay, before. Okay, good. So. I'm excited. And if every, if you're listening and you're a sleuth, which everyone is, you'll figure it out. So I would be the one to Google it. So yeah, this everyone is one of the ones who where, to yeah. Well. So let's give her an alias because I feel like we're going to mention her a lot okay. in this. Let's go with Maggie. Maggie. Perfect. Okay. So Meg. What year did you compete? Take us back to the world of competitive okay. pageanting, because I know nothing about that. So, all right, I also should put another disclaimer in then. So I competed in the Miss America organization, which is not the Miss Universe, not the Miss USA organization. It was not owned at any point by Trump. It, that is mm-hmm. not what this is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Miss America organization is a scholarship competition um, And I will also say that it was, like, I was religiously involved. Like, it, I lived and breathed competing um, for local and and state titles. How old were you when you got into, is pageanting the right word? I mean, yeah, like, yeah, competing, pageanting, whatever, either way. Um, They, well, let me say this, they would not call it a pageant now. Um, the whole organization is a dumpster fire. You might as well, like, turn in a handwritten application to try to win the Miss America crown. Mm. That's how, like, 
like the ratings have tanked. It's yeah. not an entertaining show. Very boring. Yeah. Um, and Maybe I have a lot of issues with the yeah. changes that have taken place, but that's mm-hmm. not what this story is about. <laughs> At the time that I was competing, so I started when I turned 17. Um, I never did, like, they have an outstanding teen program, which is still excellent and highly recommend if you're 13 and want to get interview experience and things like that. But I started at 17 because I found it it was a scholarship opportunity, and I'd always been a performer. Um, I was a competitive dancer and a singer and actress, did all this stuff um, kind of growing up, so it just seemed like a natural pivot when I wasn't competing in dance once I started, like, going into college and stuff. So my senior year of high school, I did my first pageant, my hometown pageant. I have a picture in behind me of (laughs) crowns and ukuleles and things like that. But this story takes place in 2018 when I had won my hometown title. So that title for me was like my Miss America. Like I didn't need to win states after that. I had done what I came to do. Um, So, you know, obviously I wanted to do well, but I was kind of at that point along for the ride because I had achieved the the lifelong goal. but yeah, it was, I mean, I shouldn't even say lifelong because it was very new to me. But once I was into it, it was like my favorite thing. And I remember having a conversation with another competitor at one time where I was like, dude, this is like our whole life. And she was like, no, Meg, this is your whole life. And then she ended up winning states <laughs> like later oh on and God. I never did. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I lived and breathed it. <laughs> before we hear the whole story, just a little bit more background on you. Why did what made you get into this besides the scholarship? Like, why did you live and breathe this? Because this is a very distinct world. For me, it was really the um, volunteer service component of the organization that won me over because I was already really steeped in volunteering. Um through just I it just opportunities found me throughout my life um and I I sought those out so being able to reach you know inspire little girls who wanted to do big things and be smart and be able to present themselves with grace um and style and you know really just like take names and kick ass was really mm-hmm. like what I wanted to do and being out in the community was what got me mm-hmm. um so I wanted to do that I wanted to win scholarships um I knew I was going to a private college. Though, like, how did you find it? My guidance counselor. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, at my local high school, there there was um, people in my local high school who were like substitute teachers and guidance counselors had had that title, that hometown title that I had. So I I knew I wanted to like be her, um, which is crazy because I ended up being her for a year. (laughs) So that was like all I could have asked for was to serve my town. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I did. I met a bunch of little girls who like still look up to me, like one of them's coming to my baby shower. And um, so, yeah, and just showing them you can do big things, you can do hard things and you can have intelligent conversations with people. And it gave me interview skills. Now I coach interview for competitors. Mm -hmm. I've had people I used to have a podcast where I did all of this stuff and Mm -hmm. uh, really kind of made a platform out of it. But then uh, the organization tanked and I was like, screw this. You guys are boring now. (laughs) So I'll still help people if they reach out, but I don't, you know, I'm not pushing like Miss America's the best thing because I really don't. I don't think it is anymore, unfortunately. Um, But yeah, I I loved it when I was in it. It was was amazing. It was a great experience. So you have this great experience, but somewhere along the way, and I'm sure there are wild girl stories along the way, you know, that don't have to do with Maggie, who we're going to talk about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But oh, for yeah. whatever reason, I could, this... I could, I could tell so yeah. many wild stories, but this one was off off, off the wall. Okay, yeah. so why don't you start us wherever you want to start us, and I'll jump in with a question. 
So I have notes because <laughs> there's I wanted to draw the straightest line mm -hmm. um, through the story. So the pageant usually the state pageant, I should say, I should explain first that in order in most states, the case is in order to compete for your state title, you need to win a local title. So in most states, you compete for your local title. That's your ticket to the state competition. So that was the year that I won my hometown title. So uh, I don't know how many there were that year, maybe like 21 to 22 girls that usually compete for the state title. So that state pageant usually happens in late June, early July, and you have a preliminary competition and a finals night. So it's basically two pageants. You compete one night and then the second night, um, and they crown the winner on the second night. And just as so, someone who is ignorant to this world of pageants, what are the events that you're competing in? Like when I think of it, I'm like bikini contest and question. Mm -hmm. Is it that? Yeah. So we would do onstage question. You would have a nine minute and 30 second private interview with the judges and then talent, evening gown, lifestyle and fitness and swimsuit, which was my personal favorite. And I will go, I will die on this hill that it, it really taught me discipline and like mm -hmm. how to take care of my body. Not everybody has that experience. Like a lot of okay. horror stories will come out about like sure. people forming unhealthy habits. Which, yeah, that's where my yeah. head would go. But I, that's, yeah. that sounds like a story. For me, it changed, it changed the, like my discipline. Like I got fit and, and got healthy, got healthier mm -hmm. than I was. It pulled me out of eating disorder territory. Um, so you overall, like all these different domains of competition, and then they crown the winner. There's usually a second on stage question the second night, but it's totally different now. So again, this is like 2018. So this story kind of like starts at the preliminary competition. They get the contestants there for a whole week and you do rehearsals and you do your interview with the judges, like on a separate day. Um, all the rehearsals and like prepping for the onstage like show aspect of it. Mm -hmm. You have a roommate with one of the other contestants and you're with these girls for a week. So, yeah. you know, putting a bunch of girls who like want to win in a room together <laughs> is going to like breed, you know, some, some, something, something new every year. Yeah. Um, but this, I mean, it was always a positive experience for me. I never like felt that anybody had ill will against anybody else like we were all very supportive of each other um so anyway it was healthy competition it was very healthy competition and we were all like in it together mm -hmm. I, I never felt like it, it never felt cutthroat it never felt like people were out to get each other so the story starts with the pageant after well let me do this okay Again, trying to find the straightest line. It's okay. During the preliminary pageant, mm -hmm. this is the night of the, the night. This might have been finals. It, this at is one preliminary point, for the state. Yes, this is your local. Okay, preliminary. For this the is state. the so you've state. You won your town, and now you're on, you, on the state. Yes. Okay. So everybody here has won a title for a town in that state, and is now mm -hmm. at the state competition. So either the preliminary night or the finals night, there was an MC who during her trying to stall for us to be able to get our shit together backstage so we could go mm -hmm. back on for whatever the next phase of competition was, she did this like silly skit with this guy who dressed up and pretended to be God. And he went on stage and this, for like historical context, this pageant was happening literally right after it was announced that the Miss America organization would be getting rid of the swimsuit competition. Okay. And 
Gretchen Carlson, who was at the time the chairwoman of the board of Miss America, she like famously sued Roger Ailes for sexual harassment. Mm -hmm. She went on Good Morning America and basically said that this was in response to the Me Too movement, that we were no longer going to subject women to parading around in a swimsuit, Mm -hmm. which on one hand I understand, and on Mm -hmm. the other hand, this was also in response to one of somebody really high up in Miss America. His name was Sam Haskell. I don't remember his position. He was like, I don't know, he was either a chairman or a CEO or something. He had been basically caught making really shitty, like slut shaming comments about a former Miss America. So as a result of those emails coming out and this poor girl who had won the title years ago, you know, being put on blast, like at the time too, Um, He was, like, slut-shaming and making lewd comments about her body in a swimsuit. And they kind of, the whole reason they kind of took the swimsuit competition away, I'm sure people will disagree with me on this, but it, it, the way it presented itself was as if she was like, oh, men have made comments about our bodies that are negative, so we should put more clothes on and dignify ourselves more. It's like, we should be able to do whatever the fuck we want, walk around in a swimsuit (laughs) without having to be subjected to that. Yeah. It shouldn't be us who pay for it. So we just find all this out. She parades it around as this, like, big Me Too movement. Like, we're taking charge and we're we're doing this big thing to make pageantry relevant for today, which Mm -hmm. it did the exact opposite. I was going to say, I don't feel that pageantry (laughs) is relevant, but okay. No, (laughs) it's not. (laughs) So that was the whole thing. And we have our pageant. We know the swimsuit. This is the last time we're going to see a swimsuit competition in our state. Mm -hmm. So... They make this joke. The MC has God come on stage and she says, I just don't understand why, God. Why are we taking away swimsuit? And the guy playing God says, me too. Mm-hmm. Like, haha, like me too. I don't understand. But like me too, the me too yeah, movement. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. So, yeah. Wait, not was, great. was Maggie one of the people on stage? No, she was not on stage at this okay. point. Nobody was, just them. Mm-hmm. I didn't even hear this. I heard about it afterwards because, Mm -hmm. let the record show, there were very few contestants even backstage at this point because we were all getting ready to put our evening gowns on or whatever. So this joke, just in poor taste and, like, not a good joke. Like, not (laughs) horrifically offensive, but just, like, that was really stupid, guys. Like, Yeah, just like... You know, I don't know. Just, just, it doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know. Um, A cheap bit, I guess. So none of us were really around. There were a few girls backstage who were kind of like, okay, you know, but the audience laughed and it was fine. And like, nobody was like, nobody had much of a reaction because it Mm -hmm. was that stupid. (laughs) So the day after that joke is made and we get our new, you know, state title holder, this girl, Maggie, makes national news for resigning her title. Like, she won. She won that night? No, she didn't win. She was, she didn't, she did not win the state title. (laughs) She resigned her local title. Okay. And made national headlines via a CNN article stating, you know, beauty queen resigns her title because of a me too joke that was made. Okay. And she goes freaking dummy viral for speaking out against how inappropriate this joke was. And she is a 
a survivor of a gang rape when she was 13 years old. And this joke, she could not believe it when she heard it. She was torn apart. It ruined her whole experience. And she's an advocate for victims. And she could not stand to be a part of a state organization and represent their their you know titles and towns, um, knowing that they were okay with jokes like this. Mm-hmm. So all of us as the title holders who have been like watching all of this go down are like, um, that's not what happened. (laughs) And we, because when you win a title, even if it's just a local title, you are contractually obligated to fulfill certain things within like the organization's standards. So basically long story short, we were not allowed to say anything. Mm -hmm. I had organized a group of us majority of contestants and said we need to put together a statement to send to these to to, to send to CNN and say there needs to be some clarity here because what Mm -hmm. she is telling you is not the story that as it played out I went into my notes this morning and I still have that letter so this is going to give a clear picture of like our our group recollection of that day Mm -hmm. it's freaking nuts (laughs) I couldn't believe I still had it I thought I deleted it So it says, the following letter is in regards to the recent news articles shared nationally about Maggie's resignation of her local title, Miss So-and-So, following the state pageant. While this young woman has made headlines recently, it is important to note that hers is only one side of a very long and bizarre story. While the world is watching Maggie as she stands in the spotlight, the following events outlined in this letter will disclose the option, (laughs) my cat's meowing, the actions of Maggie once she is not the center of attention. It is important to note that many contestants and state board members were witnesses to these events, but are unable to reveal details due to contractual constraints. On the date of the state scholarship pageant finals, um, the current title holder, I'm not going to use her name, um, but the one who had like crowned the new one. Yeah. Had addressed the group of competitors during a rehearsal that she had been made aware that there was gossip floating around the dressing room. She made it clear to contestants that this was not okay and instructed the group not to let anyone else's name come out of their mouth unless the conversation was a positive one. Following this conversation, the majority of contestants were confused as to what had triggered the need for it in the first place. Several hours later, the top 12 finalists to compete for the state title were announced on stage during the pageant. The state board volunteers allowed contestants to use their own cell phones. We have our phones taken from us Mm -hmm. during the pageant. Um, So you have to go and get it from somebody. Mm -hmm. So you get your phone from a volunteer. Um, They allowed contestants to use their own cell phones to text a family member if they did not make it into the top 12, as long as they were under supervision while using the device. Maggie elected to text a family member at this time and was under supervision. However, the texts she sent to her family member were not monitored. For those contestants that did not make the top 12, many were in the dressing room packing. Some were sitting in the balcony seating of the theater to watch the rest of the pageant. Many audience members will be able to recall that at this time there was a woman in the balcony screaming at contestants who were on stage and moving around with a drink in her hand, like, like moving mm-hmm. it around very visibly. As the theater security began to head towards her, Maggie ran into a back stairwell, stairwell where other contestants were gathered. While the can was just seltzer water, Maggie told a group of contestants that security was trying to catch her as she ran down the stairs into the contestant dressing room. At this point in the competition, all contestants, including those not in the top 12, were putting on their evening gowns for the remainder of the show. The top 12 still had to compete for onstage question. 
During this time, the majority of contestants were present in the dressing room, and many bearing witness to this event, both Maggie's mother and sister had found their way into the contestant dressing room. This is not allowed. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm sure that's not allowed. <laughs> with, secure, with theater security posted around the entrances of most backstage areas to prevent this from happening, the only way the two women could have entered the dressing room without being stopped is if they were made aware of a back entrance that was not being used by the general public. Contestants knew of two ways to do this because they began the show in the back of the audience. Like, we, we started mm-hmm. in the back and walked up on stage. There were two routes that Maggie could have detailed for her family members that contestants had taken during rehearsals and preliminary competition when she texted them after not making the top 12. At the time when Maggie's mother and sister met her in the dressing room, contestants were packing up their belongings to prepare for the end of the pageant. One unfortunate contestant noticed that Maggie was pointing at her when she was suddenly attacked by Maggie's mother, who roughly grabbed the contestants by her arms and began screaming in her face. Side note, I saw the bruises on her arms. Mm-hmm. that she was a friend of mine this contestant managed to get away from the enraged woman and went to the state executive director of the pageant to make her aware of the event maggie's mother and sister who maggie later noted was highly intoxicated continued to yell and scream at other state volunteers before the situation was de-escalated after the pageant maggie resigned her title and noted that she was being bullied backstage she claims the contestants were saying that her story is fake the gang rape story when no such conversation had actually occurred between contestants. Over the course of just a couple hours, Maggie had targeted a contestant at the pageant, conspired with her family to attack her, made a spectacle of herself in the audience, and got to go home to a national news headline with her name on it. She continues to speak poorly of a state board that is still dropping its jaws as to how one contestant could have caused so many problems and harm to others. So the next time you see the headlines, make sure you check the facts. There is certainly more to Maggie than meets the eye. So I write this letter. Because I'm okay. Wait, before you, I know. Yeah, explain the one part I'm a little lost on. I'm sure everyone's like, "Oh, why are you asking this, Molly?" We all got it. Was so she said to someone backstage, "I wasn't actually gang raped, but I'm gonna." No, she did not say that. She, for whatever reason, thought that people were saying that about her. She thought that there was a rumor going around that she was gang raped. For no, no reason. She claims to have been gang raped by a group of men in a very affluent, high income town. town in the state that she grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rumors that she thinks were circulating was that this story is not true. That people were not vo- not validating those claims. Was it known among contestants that she was gang raped or did you all find out about that through the CNN article? No, I think it was known at the time, but it was kind of just a thing that you had heard. It wasn't mm-hmm. like people had talked to her about it. It was, I think, something that just had come out because she had competed before. And so people kind of knew her background. Set the record straight. We don't, she very well could have been gang raped. She Yes. Maybe she very well could have okay, been raped. She could have been we gang raped. No I just want to make that clear. About this. That's yes. really not, has nothing to do with. Nope. We have zero speculation as to whether she was or was not. That's her story. Mm-hmm. And it's not anybody's place to decide whether that's true or not. Great. I'm glad you clarified that. Okay. Yes. And, and that will play a little bit more into it as the story goes. So the pageant happens. Mm-hmm. She gives up her title. She makes mm-hmm. news. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. all 
You write that sitting letter. here. I write the letter because I'm like, we need to say something. This is mm-hmm. getting out of hand. Like our state organization, I my heart was breaking for the volunteer. It's all volunteer run. Miss mm-hmm. America is entirely volunteer run on the local yeah. level and state level. So you know these people can't say anything because we're all contractually bound. <laughs> mm-hmm. So part of me was like, we need to just anonymously release this. And I'm, I'm, I have contestants, you know, behind me with it because they were helping me write it. We had like mm-hmm. a Google Doc going. It's very well written. Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, it, we needed to detail like a timeline mm-hmm. because speculatively, and I, I think this was the conversation that was happening amongst other volunteers with me, was that she was going to be asked to give her title up. And she probably freaking knew it. You know, she didn't Mm -hmm. win the pageant. And she made a mess the night of the pageant with, you know, having her family members assault somebody in the dressing room and causing a scene. Um, And I I believe that her her sister and her mother, I think, were at one point removed from the audience for being belligerent as well. So Mm -hmm. it just, it was a really bad situation. Yeah. And she knew that it was coming. So I think that what she did was she saw an opportunity having seen some somebody must have told her that this joke was made and she thought there's my opportunity to yeah. get some attention and to mm-hmm. give her title up before it could be taken away from her mm-hmm. and come out being like I'm the victim. Yeah, it's better to retire than be fired. Like yes. the, from my teacher's exactly. story it was like technically she was fired but technically she retired. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a news, it's, I don't even want to call it a news outlet. It's actually a a really pathetic excuse for like the, you know, we're going to say really hateful things and call it free speech. You can find these articles out there. I'm not going to give the name of the news source that it comes from because it's just not good. (laughs) Yeah, Um, they like, they, no, I don't want to give them attention. They like to tear people down. They still constantly touch your stars. So yes, exactly. But but on a really like local level, like it's a lot of local gossip Mm -hmm. um, to our area. So I'm gonna just initial them TB. Mm -hmm. So like TB News or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the letters drafted and squashed because of contractual constraints with the people in the pageant community starting to get worried and and warning us, like me who was writing it, about her retaliation because she's so unhinged. So I'm writing the letter and I had a couple people call with the same story that at the college she went to, she wasn't even allowed to be alone with teachers because the shared police department between the town and the school had dealt with multiple reports from her in which like weird allegations would be made against people that she had disagreements or issues with that would pop up and could be neither disproven or proven, like of like a sexual nature. Okay. So people are concerned for me now and themselves having their name on this thing, you know, saying if you release this, that she's going to get back at us. Like there, she mm-hmm. will retaliate somehow in a way that will be damaging. So at this point, the, that letter is squashed and I'm just pissed because I have to watch from afar as she like, as the comments flood in to be like, oh my gosh, you're so brave. Good for you yeah. for standing up and sticking it to the man and... So TB gets involved in this because they are basically reporting on it. And their stance is teetering on, look at this beauty queen who like wants to be the center of attention because she lost the pageant and she's salty about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now she's, you know, taking the opportunity to make national news as this champion of the Me Too movement. 
someone on Facebook from Maggie's past sees the CNN article and shares it on Facebook posting the following. It's something like, haha, the Maggie that pretended to have cancer to my best friend who actually had cancer befriended her based on their similar experiences for a year. Then when she got called out for lying about having cancer, in parentheses, literally sending a girl with actual cancer, poorly photoshopped photos of herself bald, close parentheses, <laughs> blocked us all and pretended it never happened. Hmm, I'll take this one with a grain of salt. So TB sees this and they dig into it because at first, they're publishing, you know, following this story as it's unfolding. And the guy writing comes to a point where he's like, we can't just take this claim from some stranger on the internet mm -hmm. who could be doing the same thing, taking advantage mm -hmm. of the situation and, you know. So he goes and does some digging and finds a post from 2010. Like, it's timestamped. You can see mm -hmm. it. From the same poster from 2010 that reads, hey, 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 Maggie, who pretended she had cancer. Comments underneath it from other people read... Ha ha ha, her green head when she tried to prove it to us with those pictures. And another comment says, OMG, her green head, a.k.a. like a hair cap that you wear in the shower she put on. So now, like, these posts are from 2010, mm -hmm. backing up this claim that she lied about having cancer. So multiple people are saying that this is a thing and they witnessed it. Suspicion is growing around her. Now, because these Why articles isn't are coming TB out. or anyone reaching out to her and being like, yo, did you have cancer? Like, clear your name. She, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think that probably because their initial article that came out was just mm -hmm. totally slamming her. Like, why mm -hmm. would you give, why would she give them the time of day? Like, they were not going about it as like a, hey, we're, you know, we're writing an article. We wanted to get information from directly from the source. Like, they were just in it to be like, fuck her. She's crazy. And so I don't think that she even would have given them the time of day. So they continue, TB continues to have local people who like went to school with her, who went to other schools saying that she was trying to convince the cancer situation. And, you know, she's a compulsive liar and all this. So, you know, more she's a liar, she's a liar, she's a liar. It's just mm -hmm. perpetuating from these stories. So I, the gang I just want to ask, I, mm -hmm. by the way, like, I'm obviously with you on this whole story. I just want to ask, do you, how do we know for sure, though, that she didn't have cancer? I mean, we? we technically don't. <laughs> okay. But. I, I, I get it. Like, I would, I'm in the same boat as you. Yeah. I would be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. this person it's, is completely a compulsive liar. Yeah, it's more of like... I just wish like, someone had asked her, or I wish that I she had... That seems so easy, like, if you're being accused of lying about cancer, and I'm sure she saw that. Like, why wouldn't she... Oh, yeah. Not that you have to justify having cancer, but... I think that she... It ended up coming out that they called her out on it. That's how kind of, like, if you look through these articles, you'll see them kind of detail, mm -hmm. that they called her out on it, and then and she got caught in a lie, and she blocked everybody. Because she got was it. doing this with people who were not going to her school, who weren't seeing her every day, but mm -hmm. were, like, a town over or two towns over. Yeah. So it was mostly, I think, happening online. But this is where it gets, like, very speculative because this okay. news organization now is basically trying to find something to be like, mm -hmm. see, she's a freaking liar. Mm -hmm. So the gang rape claims stem from when she was 13, which is the same age that she would have been with the cancer story. Mm -hmm. So she claims to have seen one of her attackers in a hallway when she began to attend high school. And after dropping out there, she kind of school hopped to a few private institutions and was kicked out for various violations with drugs and alcohol. That is, again, 
a lot of it is speculative. This is people that know her that have been like around her through her upbringing are kind of like filling in pieces and reaching out. Like they're reaching out to TB and saying, you know, I know her. This is my experience. I know her. This is my experience. So I'm just watching it all at this point because I'm stewing about the fact that she did do some crazy shit at this pageant. And I'm kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop to be like, somebody expose this girl. But I'm not making assumptions. Like, I, at this point, I was like, just taking in information. And I think that's really like mostly what you can do in this story. So at this point, TB takes the angle that she lied about the gang rape. Like, they are openly publishing. She's a freaking liar. She lied about this gang rape. There's no way this happened. It's a rich town in a public park. Her story doesn't add up. I will not go that far. It's yeah, not my story. Hard for me to get behind. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I, I could never. Um, it's not anybody's place to diminish the validity of sexual abuse claims or mm-hmm. rape. Um, and that's why the Me Too movement is so important. That being said, just the to lies clear and- something else up earlier with the joke made on stage. It's not like, I mean, you tell me and like, but it's not like you guys were like, wait, that's so good. Like, more jokes like that. Like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. It's not like the organization was, like, behind this humor. No. It they was didn't like, even oh, why the fuck did it they was, say that? It, yes, and it was not scripted. Like, it was just kind of a mm-hmm. filler act that was thrown in that this woman was kind of, like, known for doing little comedic bits that she would just do. So yeah. they were like, oh, we're excited to see what so-and-so has to, like, entertain us this year. It was just a stupid joke, and we weren't even... Most contestants, I know for a fact that there were some backstage that heard it and were just kind of like, you know, that's stupid. But I wasn't there. I didn't hear the Mm -hmm. joke. I was packing up my shit. Like, (laughs) you know, so I don't think that she was there either. Um, And I think the consensus is that she didn't hear it when it happened. She heard about it later. So it's not Mm -hmm. like she had this moment where she claims to have been backstage. There's another, you know, version of a lie Mm -hmm. is like she was not backstage hearing this in real time. She heard about this later and saw an opportunity. Mm-hmm. So the lies and all the shady shit surrounding her now are sowing these seeds of doubt and disbelief. And that's her fault. Like, we all do stupid shit at 13. So, like, the cancer thing, it, it's fucked up, but she was also 13 and, like, clearly mm-hmm. seeking attention, which is mm-hmm. developmentally appropriate for her age. Um so anyway, one of one of the things that TB had been hearing from sources, and I was hearing this as well, from not from TB, from other people, is that Maggie cheats in like trail racing, and what's trail racing? Like, I don't want to compare it to OCR obstacle course racing because it's it's not, but a lot of people who do obstacle course racing, like Spartan races. And tough mutters, like those competitive races. Um, like a running? lot of them, yeah, like running, yeah, like but running like obstacles. Yeah, yeah, like tra- trail racing, trail sky running. running. Got it. Yeah, mm-hmm. sky running is another way to call like that. That's like longer races. They're like ultra marathons. So Got she it. she does this kind of stuff. It starts floating around that she cheats in these races, uh-huh. and I had heard this from my friends who had raced in similar circles as her. So she's doing these races. She's racing well. The girl is jacked. Like, if you happen to find her Instagram, she's built. She's lean. Like, she works for it. She works really hard. And she lands a spot on a sky running team that's, like, a national team. 
and she gets some sponsorships. So now people are putting money behind her. And again, she's now got this platform of like me too mm-hmm. champion. She runs a trail race that's like 50 miles long. And they use these timing mats to collect the data to show, you know, that's how they show how the winners are declared based on like the mm-hmm. time that you cross certain checkpoints and things like that. I'm kind of talking out of my ass because I don't, I'm not in this world, but that's my understanding. What happened at this race, this big 50 mile race, is that the timing mat data showed after the winners were declared, and she was one of them, mm-hmm. that they were able to trace her route having cut the course multiple times. So the race organization, so she cheated. Okay. She cut okay. the course multiple yep. times. So that race organization posts on Facebook that they approached her about the discrepancies with her timing. And she was giving conflicting statements and showed them a picture of her Garmin watch that tracks your data, but didn't Mm -hmm. send them the data. Like, she wouldn't allow them to get a hold of the data, just a picture. And then that race organization started getting notice from other race organizations, from, like, the directors of these races, that this was a pattern in many of her recent races. So she's cheating at races and chronically lying. So now again, sowing seeds of doubt in any story that she tells. And it's giving, it sucks because it's giving. Is this giving, all happening around the same time frame? Like these stories yes, just kind of keep coming this is, this is all over one summer. So Crazy. it just keeps coming out. And it, it sucks because it gives people fuel to be like, see, pe- mm-hmm. people lie. Like women lie. Yeah, I so, know. And that, that is the tricky part of this story, right? Is, I mean, we're in a time where we don't want to call women crazy. We don't, you know, we want to believe women. We want. Mm-hmm. And so this whole story, I'm listening to it and I'm trying to keep my mind open and thinking, well, what if she really did have cancer? You know, and I want to believe mm-hmm. the, I mean, I don't want to believe the gang rape, but I want to believe the gang rape. But this one now, when there's math involved, like, <laughs> too specific. Yeah, math makes it real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It, no, it does, though. And it's like, okay, well, now she's been caught by other people who mm-hmm. are, you know, running an organization and can talk about it. The, yeah. the state pageant couldn't talk about it. They couldn't talk mm-hmm. about what happened that night and the fact that she was going to get her title taken away from her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they couldn't. What were they going to do? Contractually mm-hmm. obligated by the national organization, they couldn't say anything. This race is an independent race organization. TB is patiently waiting to see what she posts for an apology about the cheating in the races. And at this point, and if anybody who knows me and like was part of the story, I, they don't know this. Um, but I was an informant for them at this point because I am pissed. <laughs> I'm pissed that she ruined this beautiful thing that I was obsessed with the state organization that I loved. I loved everybody who was in it. Uh, again, I lived and breathed it. So I'm pissed. So I'm like, you know, I know that you're shitty yeah. and that you post really, like, you know, fake news in, in many outlets, and I don't subscribe to them. But I'm reading what they're posting about her, and most of it, except for the parts where they're, like, it's slander. Um, I'm like, I get behind it because it's I, I believe mm-hmm. that she's a liar. She's not proven herself otherwise, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I'm an informant experience. for them because she blocked so many people that mm-hmm. were. And she, you know, I never talked to her, so she didn't suspect me. So she posts on Instagram, and I sent them a screenshot mm-hmm. about how she's, this This is her version of an apology. Okay. She says something about how, you know, we always post the highlight reel of our lives on Instagram, which is true. 
Mm -hmm. Um, But she's like, but I've been struggling with suicidal ideation more at this point in my life than ever before. Which Mm -hmm. is a serious fucking claim. Like, this Mm -hmm. girl needs help. And my heart is actually breaking for her because the position that she has put herself in has made her a target for TB to literally make a career out of exposing her. Like, they are having way too much fun poking holes in all of her lies. Mm-hmm. And I I would probably be in a similar position if I was her. Yeah, I mean, the, also the truth is, no matter what's true from this whole thing, the reality that this girl is sick, to some extent, is there. Yes. Like, like even if she is a compulsive liar, like, she's yeah. doing this because she, she needs This help. person is in pain, yeah. Yes. So... This happens. She gets exposed for cheating. She loses her spot on this national sky running team. She loses her sponsorships. Every mm-hmm. race organization in the area takes her off their listed rosters online. She makes all her social accounts private. Mm-hmm. Finally, like, after some time, maybe, I don't know, a month? If this happened, like, towards the... I'm guessing here, but, like, for the timeline, I know that she kind of gets back into it in September... And the pageant happened, like, July 1st. So, some time passes. She finally gets back into racing, little by little. Her Instagram is made public again. And she posts an actual apology for cheating in the race. And taking, like, that opportunity for victory. Yes. She apologizes for taking the victory away from others and is, like, working on herself. Yada, yada, yada. She's like, I, I cheated in the race. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She, okay. She's like, I don't... She's And she the way she kind of said it, too, was it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad apology, but she's like, if I'm going to run the race, why didn't I just run the race? Why did I feel the need yeah. to do that? Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm like... So true. <laughs> you know? Like, you're already so I'm like, okay. killing your body, just as might as well do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Do it for real. So, long story short, at this point, we're, you know, far enough removed. The pageant was in June. Miss America was coming in September. So, it's around September. Like, we're getting Mm -hmm. up there. And one member of the pageant community gets pissed because Maggie has taken so much of this national attention Mm -hmm. away from the contestant that won the pageant that year, who was the first black winner of that state title ever. Mm-hmm. I take it Maggie's white. She is. Yeah. So this person goes off on Facebook and basically calls Maggie out for being a fraud and a liar. And what Maggie does every time in response to these articles and all through the TB articles, the posts, you know, calling her out for cheating and races, the negative comments that she constantly is spinning it into this poor me. I'm just trying to advocate for victims. Look at me. I mm-hmm. am one. Mm-hmm. In so many ways. And it's met with strangers on the internet saying, I believe you, you're so strong. And it was just, you know, this isn't like a super pivotal moment in the story. This guy kind of just like getting pissed. But it was it was finally a member of the pageant community saying something out loud, mm-hmm. which for me was like, I was like, thank you. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because we have been bound by this contractual silence for mm-hmm. months Months. And yeah, I you you have your title through the year. It's a year long commitment. Um, so you know it was like by the time I was gonna give up my title, it's like why are we even talking about this? You know. So for me, the whole experience in watching this girl lie and cheat her way through everything she did and worked for that whole year, 
Like this, this is why the Me Too movement does matter. The suspicion around her and her opportunistic mindset of like, how can I spin this to get attention from it and put myself at the mm-hmm. center at the cost of truth is kind of what makes it so difficult for people to be convinced that we should like the phrase, believe all women. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it sucks for me because now I'm in a place where I hear that and I want to be like, yes, do believe all women, especially when it comes to claims of sexual assault and, and things like that. Um, but I, I can't <laughs> because but I know that women exist yeah. like this, <laughs> mm-hmm. like women can be liars and it sucks. And it sucks that she would capitalize on the experience at the pageant and cheat her way through to meet her goals and then meet criticism for those choices with, well, you know, now I'm, I'm suicidal. Like mm-hmm. you can't be a victim <laughs> in every, with every obstacle that you meet, there mm-hmm. has to be some ownership. So you know, I, I I did check her Instagram today. I don't know where she's at now or what she's doing, but um, you know, she seems did, to be how, doing well. What was her well. reaction when the uh, person from the organization said something? She commented and was like, "Real strong, hiding behind your keyboard." Mm. And he's like, "I'll meet you in public and I'll say the same thing to yeah, your yeah, face." Yeah. Like he was yeah. so so pissed because he was so, like pageant dad to this girl who who won the title and and had you know she got some national yeah. attention because she was the first black contestant to win, um, yeah. and she performed incredibly at the national competition. But it just so much of this incredible victory was shrouded by this girl playing victim to a joke that a bad joke <laughs> that was set yeah. on stage. And she would have gotten her title taken away from her anyway, you know? Like, she was in for them asking her to give it up. I'm very interested to see how people respond to this episode. Because I think everyone's going to finish this thing. I'm curious if you're finishing this thinking, you know, you just want to know. You want to know what this girl's story is. And Part of me me thinks I would love to know, but the other part Mm -hmm. of me thinks that it's not it's not for me to know it's one no, of those and also this like, story you know is I mean? a much bigger it, it's um the theme of this isn't just this story it's it's mm-hmm. exactly what you were saying it's this believe women but what about the women that you can't believe exactly <laughs> and they're out there yes and that's that's and the you that's know, the it bigger sows message doubt. here yeah for exactly sure, for sure and that's why and it's I'm unfortunate to, but yeah restaurant hit me okay Oppenog Brewing Company. Where? What? It's Warwick, right. Rhode Island is not a town you're probably going to, like, buzz off to. But if you yeah. happen to be in Providence or, or mm-hmm. you know, adjacent, Warwick is right next to Providence. So Oppenog Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Um, they brew their... I'm a brewery person. Like, I have an Instagram devoted to breweries, which, at seven months pregnant, I cannot wait for my next Do you want to plug it? Do you want to plug your um, brewing Instagram, or do you not want people to connect you? Oh no, I'll plug it. It's um, it's okay. Rudy Do Brew Crew, um, R U D I D O U B R E W C R E W. Rudy Do Brew okay. Crew. Okay, great. It's literally me, my husband, and my mom. Like we just go to breweries and I post about it. Um, <laughs> but this brewing company, they just like within the past year hired a brewer who came from Treehouse Brewing Company, which is like top 10 in the country. Um, I was there yesterday. It's phenomenal beer. But this one, it's like the vibes, the beers. They have a really good white sangria. 
and the food. Oh my gosh. It's just like they have banh mi, they have um, like pe- like the little thin crust pizzas. They have everything. It's a great chill spot. It's like an old mill style building. So it has super high ceilings. It's like our go-to date night. It's awesome. Okay, this is perfect. That was such a good, <laughs> that was such a good one. I'm, I haven't gotten a brewing company yet. So that's really good. Oh yeah, for sure. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and follow the podcast wherever it is you listen to it so that we can bring you more unexpected stories by ordinary people. And if you didn't like the episode, forget what I just said and just please don't tell anyone.